Creative Brain Candy by Creators for Creators. You're listening to Simply Stogies, a monthly podcast dedicated to the cigar enthusiast. Light up a stogie, sit back and relax while James brings you along on his journey as a new cigar smoker. Simply Stogies will review cigars, discuss topics that cigar aficionados find important, and will probably learn a few things along the way. Now, here's your host of Simply Stogies, James. Welcome to Simply Stogies. I am your host, James. Uh, this is the 50th uh, episode of Simply Stogies. Uh, we've been around for a little more than two years now. And so this is a very special episode because I'm sitting in David's Fine Tobaccos in Clive, Iowa, Indian Hill Shopping Center. And I'm here with the owner, Sean David. Sean, welcome to the show. Hey. We have been in here forever for the last year, coming in as much as we can through the pandemic, doing uh, uh, cigars and coffee, doing the Tales from the Lounge for our supporters. It's great to finally have you on the show. Glad to be here. All right. So I want to find out because there is a long history uh, of David's Fine Tobaccos because your dad owned it. Mm -hmm. Tell me, just tell us a little bit about the history of it. Uh, Well, it started um, in Sioux City with my grandpa. And uh, that was in 1956. And then he passed away. So my dad took it over. Uh, but my dad was involved with it before he passed away. Um, and now, since my dad passed away, I've had to do something with it. So we're still trucking. You are still trucking. Yep. So it started in Sioux City and moved to Des Moines. How long has it been in Des Moines now? Oh, let's see. Probably, we were in Merle Hay Mall for like 40 years. Wow. And I'm, that was before my time. I'm only 34, so <laughs> that was about my time. Yeah. I'm 45 now, so so you Merle Hay Mall. And when did you move to this location here in Indian Hill Shopping Center? Um, eight years ago, December 1st, I believe. Wow. Yep. So have you always carried pipes and pipe tobaccos? Mm-hmm. Yep. We started off as a pipe shop first, and then moved into cigars. Wow. And everything else. Wow. Do you smoke pipe? Sometimes. Sometimes. Not as, not as frequently as cigars. Not as frequently as cigars. So how many cigars do you have a week? Oh, I'd say I'd probably have at least one one to two a day. One to two a day. All right. And how many times do you smoke a pipe? Not maybe once or twice a year. Once or twice a year. Yeah. So like very rarely. Yeah. Very rarely. What's your favorite pipe tobacco? Oh, I'd say it would be uh, Coventry. We blend that in-house. Oh, so you so who does the blending for that? Um, well, we, we combine um, two different kinds of lane tobaccos. Um, one would be uh, Mardi Gras and nougat, and then we blend it and mix it here. Wow! Yep. Who came up with that blend? My dad. Your dad? Yeah. Was he Was he pretty big into the mm. blending of the yeah, tobaccos and whatnot? Was he, he a big made, pipe tobacco guy? Yeah, he smoked pipe for years, and then went to cigars mostly. All right. Yep. Do you remember? Because I kind of want to get your journey. Do you remember your first cigar? Oh, man. Like, what was the experience behind it? Like, what was, like, paint the picture for us. What were you doing? How did you come about smoking your first cigar? I'd say, I'd say I was, like, 17 years old, 
and my dad was just like probably he i think he gave me a cigar and said hush hush don't tell your mom type stuff <laughs> sounds like something my dad yeah would do. and we smoked a cigar on the deck i think i can't remember what, what it was but did you enjoy it the first mm-hmm. time did you yeah. okay yeah absolutely so when your dad passed you kind of took over was this something that you wanted to do was this something you always thought you were gonna do was take over the shop and you were gonna um eventually i think i was an electrician before but it's i mean that's all i really know is tobacco and my my it's been in the family for years so i remember going coming here as a kid in the merle hay mall shop and it was just uh i was helping pack tobacco so my dad my dad threw me into it real young nice so i don't know if i if it's what i wanted to do but i'm doing it but you're doing it Uh, i i'm enjoying what you're doing this is a great shop you have a great you have a great relationship with Perdomo. Mm-hmm. You want to talk about like, how did that come about? Because I think didn't your dad have a great relationship with yep, Perdomo yep, as well? Yep. I think he went to their factory like 24 years ago, um, met Nick, went on the factory tour. And that's really about when Perdomo came about was 20 some years ago. So my dad was one of the first guys to see it happening and grow from wow. there. And so your dad went down and he took the tour. You've gone down. You've taken the tour. I know here in the shop there are two pictures. I think I've talked about this even on the show. There are two pictures, one with your dad uh, and Nick mm-hmm. in the field and then one with you and Nick in the field, which I think is yep. father and son. I yep. think that's That that's was Nick Perdomo's idea to uh, redo that image. That's awesome. So Nick has, uh, in my mind, he has a great – he has a great reputation within the industry for helping folks, for bringing them along, taking them under his wing and saying, hey, this is kind of how the industry works. He seems like a very down-to-earth, nice guy. He'll definitely help you out if you uh, have any kind of questions at all. So you told me a story the last time we were here where you were setting up the the humidor, the big humidor here mm-hmm. in the walk-in humidor, and you were having trouble with the uh, humidifiers. Yep. And yep. You, you actually called Nick. Yep. Yep. He, he's like, hey, let me get my, I got my guy here. He'll help you out. Yep. And we just FaceTimed through the, uh, through the problem and he got it all fixed and squared away, which, hey, that's cool. That's fantastic. That's, that's such a great story. I think that goes to what Nick does for the industry, what he does for individual shops. Mm-hmm. Uh, so kudos to, to Nick Perdomo and Perdomo. So you have a lot of, cause I want to talk about pipes first because I feel like that's kind of how, david's fine tobacco started was mm-hmm. focused on pipes and now it's it's probably more cigars do you do more cigar business now than you do pipe business uh yeah we're kind of it's kind of getting to the cigar side but we are the last pipe shop in the whole state of iowa um so we do sell quite a bit of pipe tobacco and pipes pipe sales are are always good pipe sales are always good is it because yeah. you're the only shop in pretty iowa much pretty much so let's talk about let's talk about sales for just a minute because with the pandemic and everything, a lot of the shops that I talked to have said they're up year over year because of the pandemic. People stay at home. Have you found that to be the case as well? That you're up year over year, you're still doing good business even through. Yeah, the pandemic? we're still good. We're we had better sales during the pandemic. Really? Just because people were sitting at home and bored, and they were working on their laptops, and they said, "Hey, I need a cigar." 
So that's, that helped. Everybody was staying home and needed something to do. That's great. That's fantastic. Have you had any kind of issues because of the pandemic? Have you seen, like, what have you seen? What have you experienced here at David's Fine Tobaccos? Um, nothing's really been affected. Just, just mask mandates, really, and it's really, that's really it. That's really it. That's just yeah. a mask mandate. So, what about events? Have, have events? kind of been on hold because of the pandemic yeah events kind of we did have an event last summer which was um at the des moines embassy club and uh we did perdomo cigars out there and it was a good turnout we did we had a hundred people come out and then our next event is april 29th and we're going to be featuring Alec Bradley cigars. Right. Talk about that event because it's uh, ninety. It's ninety nine ninety five. You get dinner. You get three or four cigars. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's going to be a comedian. Yep. Willie Farrell's the comedian. Uh, we have um, Michael Cushenberry from Alec Bradley Cigars. He's coming out and he's bringing a uh, special guest um, doing guitar music and singing. Um, and then we have a raffle. We're giving away a bunch of really good prizes, humidors, cigar boxes, um, cutters, torches. Wow. Nice. Ashtrays. So it's going to be a good time then, is yep. what you're telling me. It, yep. it, it, it sounds like it's going to be awesome. Are you concerned with COVID at all still in the pandemic by April? Are you hoping most people have their vaccines? I'm thinking that's going to be the case. I'm, I can really only have 100 people at the event. Right. So, but it's, it's well-spaced and it's outside. Yeah, it is outdoors. You told me that. It, so a hundred people at the event, is it typically limited to a hundred? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. What goes into planning an event like that as a lounge owner? Like what, what goes into that? Um, really just reserving the restaurant and making flyers, getting everything squared away with the cigars, hoping you order enough cigars. Um, <laughs> I would imagine that's a big one. Yeah. Hoping you've got enough. Yeah. And but we usually that's not the case. We're we have some extras left over. Nice. What but, do you do with the extras that are left over? I've always had this question because I know with like the Nebraska Cigar Fest, there's one person who puts up the money for all the cigars and then like she has all these leftover cigars. What what do you do with them? I just I just put them in the humidor and sell them. Sell them. Yeah. Yep. That's yep. probably the best thing to do. Yep. Yep. That, that way you're not having a ton of extras sitting at home. Mm-hmm. What's the best seller here? Uh, do you know? Like, what's the best selling cigar? I would say it's um, Aganorsa Leaf by, um, or it's the JFR by Aganorsa Leaf, the uh, Titan Maduro. Um, that's a heavy hitter. So is Des Moines a big Maduro city? Mm-hmm. Is it? Yep. It's been it's been that way, and we got a lot of Gordo smokers also. Really? Yep. I would have never thought that. Mm-hmm. Wow. So you guys are one of the few shops. In fact, I think you're the only shop in Iowa that has the uh, Cigar of the Year from Cigar Aficionado, mm-hmm. the EP Carrillo, uh, whatever it was. Prequil. Yeah, yep. you go. Yeah, the, the prequil. Uh, do you enjoy that cigar? Do you like that? Yeah, yeah, it's real tasty. Absolutely. Um, it's not as strong as it looks. No, not it's as not. heavy as it looks. No. Um, but yeah, it's real tasty. What's your favorite cigar right now? Like, if you had to pick one to take on a desert island, that's the only cigar you get to smoke the rest of your life. What would it be? Oh man, that's a hard question. <laughs> I'd maybe say an Ashton VSG or the Perdomo Twelve Year. I don't think I've had the Perdomo Twelve Year. I might have to amazing. have one before I leave today. Yep, there is twelve years good. in a bourbon barrel. Nice. What's the biggest challenge for you here in Des Moines as a lounge owner? Just 
I mean, I know as a small business owner, I think we all kind of understand the challenges that go along with just being a small business owner, but being a lounge owner in Des Moines, it, it's always a cycle with society. Like they, they're for tobacco, they're against tobacco, they're for tobacco, they're against mm-hmm. tobacco. Like, what are some of the challenges that you face here in Clive in West Des Moines? Um, I wouldn't really call them challenges because you're a certain breed if you come into a cigar shop and smoke all day long. Um, <laughs> Thank you. People don't really bitch as much. Uh, I would say the biggest challenge is to, I can't keep, I, the having a cigar that everybody wants is difficult. I can't carry everything. Right. Because the humidor is only so big. Um, so, but I still try to cater to the, if they want a box, I'll get it in for them. Right. But what about with dealing with your neighbor? So you're in a strip mall here, Indian Hill shopping center. And I know that some lounges in state, out of state, everywhere, they deal with their neighbors complaining about the smell. They complain Mm -hmm. about the neighbors, you know, deal with them complaining about the smoke. Mm-hmm. You deal with any of that or your neighbor's cool with Um we sometimes do, but I did just add some new uh air filters and uh rabbit air filtration systems and it's like night and day difference in here. And it wasn't bad before. No, it wasn't horrible, but now it's like we had thirty five people in here the other day and there was hardly any smoke. It, that's the systems are just keeping up. That's that's fantastic. Yep. That's great. Yeah. Let me ask you about this. How do you keep up with, because you talked about how there's a finite set, of, a finite space that, that you have to sell cigars, finite facings. How do you keep up with all of the new stuff that comes out, the boutique brands, all, all of that? Do you just kind of let them come to you? Do you seek them out? Um, the, basically, the reps tell me what to bring in, what's hot. I carry more of the big staples than the boutiques because you got to have the staples like Macanudo, Ashton, a Fuente, Rakuten, um, but we we definitely don't do as many boutiques as some. Um, but if a rep comes in and says you got to try this, it's hot seller, then of course we'll get it. That that kind of shocks me. Your number one selling cigar is the Aganorsa Leaf mm-hmm. JFR. Mm-hmm. That's boutique kind it of. It is. I mean, it is. So. Like, how do you walk that line of, I want to carry some unique and interesting things, and but I also want to carry the staples that people I know are going to come in and buy, the Rocky mm-hmm. Patels, the Arturo Fuentes. Like, how do you walk that line as a, as a lounge owner? Uh, it's really just like trial and error. Uh, if I want to try something else, something new, I'll bring in one box, see how it sells. And if it sits on the shelf for three years, then I'm putting it on sale. Or if uh, it's gone... Within a week, I'm reordering it. That brings up uh, an interesting dilemma that I, I feel a lot of lounge owners, they, they don't typically discuss, but the industry as a whole does things kind of ass backwards a lot of the time. Like, well, if you want to carry our brand, you have to buy X amount of this. And right. if you want our super ultra premium like the Opus X, you've got to carry this, 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 yeah. and this and buy X amount. When you know that you can just sell maybe a box or two of XYZ and not the entire alphabet of right. everything they carry, how would, how do you fight against that within the industry? Like, uh, let's just say 
we do got quite a bit of Rocky Patel, and I don't need to carry that much. Most of it sells, though. If I dumb down a line, like my father, I might have that one person that is going to miss that cigar, but but I would be replacing it with a more popular cigar that other people, that more people enjoy. Right. I guess. Right, but if the if if the cigar manufacturer is like, well, we're only going to send you this if you buy this, this, and this, that you know won't sell. Right. Like then it, I just don't do it. You just won't do no. it. So this is like Davidoff. You got to carry, you got to buy $50,000 worth. You got to buy their entire line, ashtrays, cutters, and everything just to sell their cigar. Well, I'm not doing that. Right. That's... And, no, and I, I, I don't know that I would either. And I love Davidoff, mm-hmm. but that is, it's just to me, it's ass backwards. Why are you cutting out customers, the potential customers, just because you want the lounge to carry the entire line? Right. Yeah. Don't don't do that. Is there any recourse that you have as a lounge owner that you can go to 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 these guys and say, can you try to like negotiate with them, or is it just this is set, this is the way it is? That's it's set. It's set in stone. Like a Fuente. They want you to carry a certain or they want you to sell a certain amount every year just to get the Opus X, which I say, why not sell all the Opus X you got? Because they're just make more money. Right. Like People will still pay that premium yeah. price, that ultra premium price, $30 a cigar mm-hmm. to have that. Mm-hmm. It doesn't it just doesn't make sense to me. And somebody who deals with it all the time, knowing that you don't have any recourse against that, it's very disheartening as a consumer because as a consumer. I would like to have access to it at a local shop instead of having to, you know, try to fight online for it. It just doesn't it just doesn't make sense to me. And they leave out a huge swath of the market. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's just that's my take on it. Right. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll step up my soapbox now. Uh, <laughs> so how do you how do you you don't do any advertising, do you? Yeah, we do. I got two ads on TV right now. Oh, you do. Yep. So do you have do you find that you have to fight for advertising space because it's tobacco because it's hookah because um, it's the pipe? only person or the only company we have to do that is with uh, Facebook because they don't allow <laughs> they, any they tobacco allow, products unless of course and Instagram's the same way unless yeah. of course you're cigar aficionado right money talks right which is just again ridiculous mm-hmm. ridiculous to me but I mean money talks I mean we can't even boost a post on Facebook no no that they. they people don't like making money or something no they i don't i I don't i don't understand it i don't i don't get it do you find that you have to educate because this is this is what i think that a a lounge offers that that online doesn't that's the education piece someone comes in new and they're like i want to smoke a cigar but i've never smoked a cigar before like how often does that happen to you all the time how do you educate that person? Um, I just pretty much start off. Do they want to smoke something mild, medium, or full-bodied? And um, it's generally on the mild side. So then I point them to something like an Ashton Cabinet, Silky Smooth. Oh, I love Ashton um, Cabinets. Yeah, they're tasty. Um, just something real mild for them. And then if they enjoy it, then we'll step it up a level next time they come in. Or Very nice. Very nice. Do you find that you have to educate those in your in your social circle, those who maybe come in and they don't know anything about it, like, hey, it's not the same as vaping. It's not the no. same as a cigarette. It's not this, like yeah. these are different, different animals. Do you have do you have to do that education piece a lot? Um, sometimes, but the people that are vaping usually don't know what fine 
tobacco is. No. They have no idea what a premium cigar right. is. So they can stay at home with their vapes. <laughs> <laughs> no, I know a lot of shops don't allow uh, cigarette smoking or vaping in the shop. Do you allow it here in this shop? Sure. Yeah. We're all things tobacco. All things tobacco. We're I not, love it. We're not just cigars. We sell imported cigarettes. We do snuff, pipe tobacco, cigars, how much, shisha. How much snuff do you go through? A lot. Really? Quite a bit. I would have... I would have thought that died out, but there's uh, a there's a huge market yep, for that, isn't there? There is. That's just that's that's crazy to me because it is it it it's so old school. I mean, it's older than pipe, I think, isn't it? I would think so. Yeah, I would think so. So that's that's just crazy. Where do you see David's fine tobacco in ten years? Are you in the same spot? Are you doing the same thing? Like, where, yep. what's your vision for it? Same spot, same thing. We're not going to move anywhere. We're not going anywhere. You're not going anywhere. No. Nothing. We already did. We were in one spot for 40 years. and You're going to be in this spot for 40. Yep. I like it. Yep. I like it. You think you're going to pass this on to? We'll see. I don't know. (laughs) I have no kids, so. One day, maybe? Yep, maybe. (laughs) One day, maybe? If you could change one thing, one thing about the tobacco industry, what would you change? All the rules and regulations and taxes. (laughs) Yeah. How, like, t- let's talk about that for a minute, because everyone knows the fight that's been going on with the FDA and they've kind of had to back off now, but it's not going away. Do you see the fight going more state level than federal level now? I would think so. I, w- I don't follow much politics. I really don't know. So do you just kind of go with the flow and whatever they say? I go with the flow, whatever they say. So you're not lobbying against them? You're not trying I mean, to fight the... We, we do the NFIB and the uh, the um, RTDA, the uh, Retail Tobacco Distributors Association. Um, and they're, they're the ones who are fighting and talking to the... Do you see politicians. any? Do you see any value in groups like the CRA or the PCA? Some because they're the ones that are fighting and talking. As a lounge owner, though, I, as a as a as a consumer, I think the CRA is is fine. I think they they do an okay job. They're fighting on a federal level. I think the state level is where it gets a lot harder to do. Mm-hmm. But do you see like what's? I don't really see much. If they didn't exist, I wouldn't even know. Same with the PCA? Yeah. So you don't go to the trade show at all? Not really. No? No. Because I can get the same deals if I call on the phone. Then why have the? Why yeah. are they spending all the money on the trade show then? I don't know. It's just a party. I don't know. Because <laughs> I do the same deals. I don't even go. I just... You just call them on the call phone. Call them up. And, and they're like, I'm yeah, saving yeah, you're saving... Yeah, you're saving... You're saving hotel. flight, hotel, gas, food... <laughs> paying an employee to be here when you're not absolutely that Mm -hmm. yeah that's what i don't understand yep what is what's one thing you would want customers to know that you do that they may not see you doing like if there was something maybe behind the scenes that you're always doing for them that they don't ever see that maybe they would never know about otherwise like what would that be oh i don't know i mean we We've been around for so long, the customers kind of know what we do. Um, okay, so you have been around for a long time. Yeah. Almost as long as I've been, uh, longer than I've been alive. What is the craziest thing you've seen here in the lounge? Because I have heard a lot of crazy stories from, from lounge owners uh, around the country. What's the craziest thing you've seen or the craziest thing that maybe your dad or your grandpa told you happened uh, in, in the lounge? Oh, it was, I guess... 
my dad came home with a bunch of shoplifter stories. Um, he said to chase people down the mall and uh, get that item back. <laughs> have you had to do that? Not yet. Uh, are you? Are you but I feel for- like if you don't have money to walk into a cigar shop, then what are you doing here? Right. Cigars, I, I talk about this all the time. We're literally burning money. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not an inexpensive hobby. It is, it's prohibitively expensive for some. Mm-hmm. But I think more and more people have been getting into the hobby in the last 15, 15 years or so, 10 or 15 years. Yeah, I mean, it's, all, it's, it's constantly growing, always. Um, I get 21-year-old kids that walk in here and they, uh, they want to know. They, a lot of, lot of younger pipe smokers now. It's, pipe smoking's coming back. Really? Yeah. Do you th- do you think you'll see more pipe oh, shops yeah. open? Oh, I don't know. You kind of gotta you kind of gotta be a certain breed, I guess. To I don't really know of any new pipe shops that are, that open up. It's just new cigar shops. Gotcha. Gotcha. I don't know. Well, it kind of goes hand in hand tobacco, right? So you're, if you're a pipe shop or if you're a cigar shop, you might carry pipes. You're more prone to carry pipes and just open a pipe shop. Mm-hmm. You have a, you've been here forever. You have a lot of customers that come in. I'm sure you have regulars, and I'm sure you have a lot of new customers. The country is pretty divided right now. Mm-hmm. It's, it just seems to be getting worse and worse. I find that tobacco shops, sometimes they do things to keep everybody. Because you come in, you want to just relax. You want to smoke a cigar, and you don't want to have to deal with that kind of stuff. right? You want to forget about the rest of the world. What do you do here to kind of foster that, to foster that? Hey, we're all here for the cigar. We're all here for the pipe, tobacco. We're here for the hookah. We're not here for politics. We're not here to, to, to be divisive. Like what do you do to, to foster that? Mm, it's really just try not to play politics on TV, keep it with sports and golf. Um, but it happens. Politics come on TV. Someone changes it. Every, nobody's really got a very strong opinion or they keep it to themselves. There's never any really issue. There's never really too many issues that comes with that. But generally people just don't say anything. Iowa nice comes yeah, to Iowa mind. Iowa nice comes to mind. Yep. Yeah. For nobody, sure. You just want to come in. You just want to relax. You want to sit down, have your cigar and drink your coffee, uh, drink your adult beverage, whatever it is you're drinking and then leave. And then mm-hmm. you go back out into that and mm-hmm. you're bombarded with it all the time. But yeah, when you come in here, I've never seen politics on TV. It's always been golf. It's always been sports. It's never been yep. news or anything like that. So right. I think, I think that's, I think that's great to see. Yep. Since you've been in the industry, what do you think is the biggest thing, the biggest thing that you've seen change? Um, well, I've only kind of done this for a couple of years now. Um, ran this place all by myself anyways. The, I'd say the biggest thing from, when I was a kid watching my dad do all this would be the smoking ban. And that, that'd be the biggest change. Can't, I mean, you can't really smoke anywhere. That's why cigar lounges are nice. Cause you can't smoke in malls and airports and restaurants anymore. Right. But I would, I would say that would be the biggest change from what I've noticed. You don't, you don't think the city will ever come down and say, or the state will come down and say, Hey, I don't think so. You don't think, you know, okay. Good. No, if it does, will you? Do you think you'd be more involved in, on like the politics side then? Because then it's messing with your livelihood, right? Because if you don't have the lounge and you're just allowed to sell the cigars, mm-hmm. do you think? Do you think that would? We would still survive. You think you'd still yep. survive? We would definitely still survive. We have enough in and out traffic 
and we sell lots of pipe tobacco. And usually the people that buy the tobacco don't stick around. Oh, really? No, the the pipe tobacco, not in bulk. They just buy it and go, take it home. In the last few years, have you noticed more more women coming in? Oh, yeah. Yep, women are smoking pipes now and cigars also. How do you foster that? How do you how do you make them feel welcome? I know as a new cigar smoker a few years ago when I would walk into a an unfamiliar lounge, sometimes you don't always feel very welcome, especially mm-hmm. if it's a good old boys club and mm-hmm. you're walking into where all the regulars know everybody and you're an outsider. As a woman, I can only imagine that that's amplified by 10. Yeah, it is. But when the I mean everybody's everybody's really cool and nice like iowa nice like what we were saying i mean like there's a couple women in here right now smoking or one but um it's not really jaw dropping anymore like people are getting used to it yeah yeah that's good that's good so besides the dinner do you have any other events coming up that you want to not at the moment we're gonna wait till covid dies down a little more we usually do about a, um, a cigar tasting a month but um We'll, we'll just see what happens. Is that more on the industry side, or is that a decision you've made? No, it's just what I make. It's like I'll just call a wrap-up company, and uh, we'll just feature a cigar or a brand, a line of cigars, um, and then we'll have the evening focused on that, and we'll do a raffle, maybe bring in some food. But those are at the shop. The big ones are at Embassy Club West. Right, where you can go outdoors and here in the Midwest. Like right now, it's negative 30 with the wind chill. Yeah. So those are all usually spring, summer, fall. Yep. 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 It's usually two two cigar dinners a year, one in spring and one in fall. So before pre-pandemic, when we would come in, and there was always an event. Like mm-hmm. there was always a rep here from somewhere. Mm-hmm. And that's, you've just made the decision, you know, I don't want to mess with it with the pandemic. I don't want to risk right. it. Let's keep people and you don't know who's going to show up either because the 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 events we have the cigar tastings we have there's no rsvp you just hope people walk through the door and you don't advertise for those no, not really i mean you put tickets put some out. on facebook or yeah yeah word of mouth how does social media go for you guys as a lounge a lot of our customers don't really do social media right yeah I facebook have, especially right. <laughs> they really don't i've noticed that a lot of lounges don't like they have a social media account, but I wouldn't say they have a social media presence. Is it just because it's too much to add on to what you're doing during the course of a day to like mess with it? Or is it just, yeah, I mean, you we, don't see the don't return on much, investment. Yeah. We don't get a lot of feedback with Facebook. Um, it's, I just don't think, I think Facebook's dying out. I don't know. I don't, I have no idea. Right. <laughs> I, I personally, I see more traction on Instagram than I do Facebook, but everybody likes to look at pretty pictures. Mm-hmm. So absolutely, that, that's all that is. Absolutely. So is there anything that you want to tell folks about this place to get them to come in uh, here in uh, Indian Hill Shopping Center, West Des Moines, Clive, Iowa? Um, well, we did just extend our hours uh, Thursday, Friday and Saturday. We're open an extra hour. We were always updating, upgrading, got new uh Leather chairs, tables, um, new humidor probably a year and a half ago. Yep. Um, new ventilation system. We're just doing big things. This this shop has a great selection of cigars. It's a huge walk-in humidor. They're, like I said earlier, they're the only lounge in Iowa that carries the uh, cigar aficionado 
top cigar uh, of the year out of their top 25. It's the only lounge in Iowa you can get it at. Uh, they have a great relationship with uh, Nick Perdomo. They have great relationships with literally everybody because it's just a great chill place to come to, to, to kick back, smoke a cigar, enjoy it, talk to some of the folks because everyone here is Iowa nice. Yep. Sean, thank you very much, Sean David. David's Fine Tobacco. Good time. Uh, I, I appreciate it. Join me next time on Simply Stogies where I'm not quite sure what I'll be talking about, but I promise it'll be Simply Stogies. Stay smoky, friends. Thank you for listening to Simply Stogies. Please rate and review Simply Stogies on iTunes. You can follow James on his cigar journey on Instagram at Simply Stogies Podcast, all one word, and on Twitter at the Twitter handle at Simply Stogies.